Live from Gilbert, Arizona, for the grand opening of the new Pella Windows and Doors showroom experience, it's Rosie on the House. A little different of an intro today because we are live. We usually do about 12 remotes a year. It's been, uh, this is our second one and two. It's been a crazy, but we're uh, time, but we're glad to be back out. We are in Gilbert. I'm out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were here to set up all this equipment. I'm not sure I would have remembered which plug went where. Very good job. Great job. 109 South McQueen Road, Suite 100. You can't miss it. There's big Pella logos on the building. You'll see the Rosie Transit. You'll see the big Pella Semi. You'll see pop-up tents. We have the 2022 home maintenance calendar. We just got them off print this week. We have a bunch of those here. We've got T-shirts for the first 50 people that show up, a brand-new Rosie on the House T-shirt. And we have the 8 o'clock hour. There's the outdoor hour. With and the urban farm, we're talking uh, seeds today. For Saturday but this place, this place is amazing. Makes you want to buy windows, doesn't it? Does. It does. <laughs> it makes these guys are serious about windows. And there's you I haven't think, even seen the back. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to see the back. <laughs> yeah, there the, the displays, and we'll have Adam Homer from Pella on with us a little bit later, talking more about the details of the showroom and all the windows and options you can see here. It's uh, you know. This is the reason, Greg, you never hear another window company endorsed by Rosie on the house. Ah, you know, this is... I get it. This, you cannot get a better quality for a uh, window on the market. And they've got a lot of different options. It always used to be a wood frame. Uh, aluminum clad was their original, but they've got fiberglass now. The Impervious series, it's really uh, great for the desert southwest. Made for the Sunbelt. Absolutely made for the best window for the money for the Sun Belt, in my opinion. Wow. That's a huge endorsement. <laughs> yeah. It, it should put every other aluminum and vinyl window company out of business. It really should. Wow. And maybe one day it will. So come down and if, if <laughs> jump you, on board. And you got the uh, Pella crew over here cheering. <laughs> <laughs> They've done a wonderful job. They've got coffee and breakfast uh, snacks out for us. They're giving away a Traeger grill. So come on by ah. today at Pella Window and Doors. We'll be broadcasting the entire program here. Uh, the party here goes till 3. So, And it's not that little hot dog cooking Traeger. It's like the whole hog-sized Traeger. I mean, ah. they, they got the big one. <laughs> the, the family size. Uh, it, it is the family size for sure. So they'll be giving that away to those uh, one lucky person that attends this morning. Wonderful. So, so come show on up down. live. And if you're coming across the 60 and you're looking for McQueen, it doesn't exist. It's Mesa Drive on the 60. <laughs> turn south. It very quickly turns into McQueen. If you're on the south 202, it, McQueen does go all the way through to the I, south side. I took uh, Elliot across from, from the 101. 101. Yeah, that made it really easy. Nice. So lots of ways to get here. Come on out. It, 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 can't, it does not get more live than this. And Greg... We're talking seeds today. Yeah, we are talking seeds. It's what do you, time what to do stick you know them in the ground. Uh, add water. <laughs> See <laughs> what, what comes said. up. <laughs> That's what you said. Add water and voila, you got plants. Well, unfortunately, in Arizona. Oh, I know ahead. enough about seeds that I wouldn't have fallen like uh, Robert Duvall did and planted all corn when I thought I had corn and beets and radishes and carrots. I, I wouldn't have fallen for, for, fallen for the only cord seed like 
secondhand <laughs> lions. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. So, seeds and why save them? I guess that's really the big question. Um, you know, about, uh, and there'll be lots more about this story as we, uh, as we uh, process through the next hour. Uh, but uh, about 10 years ago, I looked around to see where we could actually get seeds. If we needed to grow food, if there was something that happened and we needed to grow food, and I discovered that a few nurseries and a few big box stores had seeds on season, and that was about it. And that's a problem if you want to grow food locally. And so uh, that sent me down a uh, rabbit hole of <laughs> seed amazement that we're going to be talking about today. But uh, uh, saving seeds is actually... And, and you've been doing the urban farm. You started, it's, you know, a couple decades. I, I don't know if you won't admit to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am 60. I am 60 these days and Congrats. I am slowing down. But, uh, I planted my first garden here in Phoenix in 1974 at the Weldon House, 2827 East Weldon. And, uh, you know, through my childhood, I grew food there and I grew fruit trees. And then, uh, you know, I got kicked out of the house and uh, 1989 rolled around and I bought a property. And the property I bought was the Urban Farm, uh, which is where I've lived since. And it's a third of an acre near 16th Street and Glendale Avenue, right near your studios. And I've practiced and played and experimented and grown things there for the past, what now, 30 Two years. And in the course of that time, when did you hit your seed epiphany? Seed epiphany came in 2011. Okay. So we're, we're 10-year mark here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, was, I signed up and went for a week-long seed-saving course in Tucson given by Bill McDormand and Bell Starr. And, uh, you know, just sitting in that week's worth of education, it was like... <laughs> You know, it's like, wow, there is so much to seeds that people just don't know. Paint, paint a picture mm -hmm. of the urban farm. Okay. I mean, just tell people what you do on a third of an acre. Third of a, yeah. Yeah, just paint a picture for what that is. Okay. What's, what is a third of an acre capable of producing? Because I, I don't think uh, maybe anybody that hasn't listened a long time really comprehends what you got going on in that on that one lot oh well thank you for that and uh, so it's 80 feet wide what do you call it redundant purposes regenerative regenerative okay regenerative redundant that's that's redundancies yeah. building yep. and it's okay. along the same lines yeah so the urban farm is my home i've been there for 32 years the property itself is 80 feet wide 160 feet deep if you drove by it you wouldn't know it was there you wouldn't know what it was. Right along the street, I have a hedgerow of 14 navel oranges. Why 14 navel oranges? Because I love navel oranges. And that uh, gives me a privacy hedge so people can't see onto the property. And then in the front yard, I have growing beds, uh, probably 3,000 square feet of growing beds for vegetables. I have about 40 fruit trees in the front yard. And the front yard, again, is only 80 feet wide and about 35 feet deep. Are y'all you, are you, are, are listening? Are y'all listening? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, in the backyard, uh, the backyard is, again, 80 feet, probably 50 feet deep uh, in the backyard. And uh, I have chickens. Uh, I have another 30 or so fruit trees. And uh, a lot of uh, things from the wild show up back there. So in the past five years. Now, remember, I'm at 16th Street in Bethany Home. And 
in the past five years, we have seen raccoons on our back patio. Oh, yeah. Bobcats on our back patio. Just yesterday, we had a chicken hawk scoping out our chickens. <laughs> that, uh, that got the uh, chickens dander up. Yeah. And one of the really cool things that I've done there in 30 years is I've created something called an old growth food forest. And really what that means is that I grow things there and let them go to seed. This is where to, you know, today's conversation comes in. I just let things go to seed. Rather than pulling them all out, rather than pulling all the carrots out, I let some of them go to seed and they make seeds that just naturally spread in my landscape so that next year I'll have carrots. And I've got carrots and parsley and oregano and basil and mint and nasturtiums and cowpeas and um, fennel and there's a 10 or 20 uh, celery, all the lettuce. These are all things that just come up year after year after year without me doing anything except watering. That's pretty cool. Now, have you ever just said, all right, I'm going to see how long, you know, I can just last without having to buy anything. (laughs) Any groceries. Groceries. (laughs) Wouldn't, Wouldn't that be nice? I, you know, I get that question a lot. People ask me, well, how, you know, how much of your food do you get from your property? And on a year-over-year basis, probably 30%. And they want to know what I do with all the extra. Well, given the way that the urban farm is designed, it's this food forest, we always have something to eat in the yard. So we just go out and forage. It's not like big old wrong rows of corn or beans or like that. But there are some snow peas that will come up this this winter. We have cow peas that are growing right now. So it's a, it's more of a forage space than it is a, uh, you know, what you would think of as a traditional farm where we're getting a thousand pounds of any one thing, except when it comes to the fruit trees. And I think we had off of one apple tree, we had 300 pounds of apples this year and um, peaches. We get, you know, a couple hundred pounds of peaches every year. So that's when I start sharing with the neighbors. No, so yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. And fruit trees, I'm, I love fruit trees, but we won't get sidetracked today because we are uh, talking about seeds. We do have, oh, was it last month or is it the, yeah, it was last, uh, last month we spent the whole hour, hour talking, talking about so fruit trees. If you want to hear that bunny trail, you can find <laughs> it in our podcast at rosieonthehouse.com slash radio. And that would have been the fourth Saturday in August. But the uh, seeds, you know, it, it, it's... The first thing you have here in your talking points, cheap. Yes. Yeah. Seeds, <laughs> seeds are basically free. <laughs> you know, and the expensive part of seeds is when they package them and ship them and put them on a rack. But when, you know, when they grow, literally, I have a five-gallon bucket of carrot seeds that I've saved over the past couple of years <laughs> just because and, they're that prolific. And carrot seeds are tiny. And carrot seeds are tiny. <laughs> there's probably... They're a pain in the neck to plant. <laughs> yeah. There's probably... Well, oh, so here's a story for you. About uh, five years ago, I hired this young man to come in and he says, yeah, I know how to plant seeds. No problem. I gave him a four-ounce bag of seeds. Now, in a four-ounce bag of seeds, there's probably 50,000 carrot seeds. He planted them all in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, you know... Tens of thousands of carrot seeds from that. But the free part, the cheap part, is, um, 
you know, just letting these things go to seed. And there's a really important piece to this. And the important piece to this is that you want to use something called an open pollinated or an heirloom seed. These are seeds that basically breed true. They're not hybrids. And so I use heirloom and open pollinated seeds for everything and just let things go to seed. And that's just what has them magically show up year after year after year. And we'll be continuing our conversation with Farmer Greg here in the Outdoor Living Hour of Rosie on the House, broadcasting live from the Pella Showroom in Gilbert, Arizona on McQueen. It took one seed to make a difference. It took one seed to grow up tall. It took one seed to have the courage. One seed, that's all. <laughs> oh my gosh, Gary, where do you come up with these songs at? That, that's his gift. He can find them. Right. Talk seed terms, going off of your bullet points here. We didn't get that done in the first segment. I think before we move on, that's kind of important to cover that. Perfect. So the, you probably heard of different kinds of seeds. You may or may not have heard of heirloom or open pollinated. You probably have heard of the hybrid seeds. And everybody, I'm sure, has heard of GMO or genetically modified uh, so let's start with the GMO seeds. Uh, the good news is, is that's not something really as a homeowner, as a small gardener, a small farmer, you really have to worry about. Uh, basically, genetically modified seeds, they take a gene from one species like a fish and put it into a seed. And, you know, I, I don't have opinions about that. Uh, but if you want to know more about that, you know, dive in. There's lots of information about genetically modified seeds. The thing you need to know as a home gardener is it's not anything that we really need to worry about in our gardens. Then there's the hybrid seeds. They take a hybrid, uh, they take a, a watermelon A and watermelon B and they cross-pollinate it. And get the seedless. <laughs> and get the seedlings from it. And so it's taking traits from watermelon A and watermelon B. And by the way, what you get is a watermelon C, which is a seedless watermelon. That's how they do that. And there might be some seeds in a seedless watermelon. Hybrids, you can plant the seeds from hybrids, but what happens is, is the genetics of them start to unravel over time. And you know, if you plant a hybrid pepper, uh, you're gonna get some kind of pepper, but it won't, won't necessarily resemble the pepper that you planted in the first place. So are hybrids bad? Absolutely not. Now. When a hybrid goes to seed, will mm -hmm. it produce new fruit or is it, does it not produce after that one time? Um, kind of like a burrow and a donkey and a horse. You know, well, you, you, right. you crossbreed them and you only get the, you once. It gets, it's, it's a sterile. Yeah, exactly. So they're fertile. Hybrid seeds are fertile and it depends what the genetic does, the genetics does when you plant the seed. So that's an it depends. Uh, and it's always fun to experiment. Uh, you know, if you plant a seed and, um, you know, you can, and don't want to save the seeds, you can always eat what you got. So, and then there's heirloom and open pollinated seeds. And those are the, they're, they're also called land races. They're seeds that have been around many generations, uh, generations of the seeds and usually hundreds or thousands of years. And those are the ones that I plant in my yard so that when I plant them, basically I get almost an exact duplicate of what I planted. But the cool thing about saving your own seeds is they start molding themselves to your space. So the longer, the more generations that you have in your space, the more acclimatized those seeds are to your space, which is really cool. 
Um, Seeds are so amazing. Aren't they? And so <laughs> abundant. You know, I, I have said for years that there's only one place that lack lives in our world. It's between our ears. Because when I look at the amount of seeds, the amount of fruit, the amount of abundance that's in nature, it's just, it's mind-blowing. And then, and then there's organic. So we want to distinguish organic or not organic. Organic is a, is a governmental designation that somebody gets that they're growing their seeds organic. And the problem with organic seeds is, is there's not many of them. So if you're looking for strictly organic seeds... You might have trouble finding, you know, as many varieties. So what I tell people to do is just buy regular seeds, plant them out, grow them organically. Then you have organic seeds. <laughs> and that's a great point because that term organic, um, a hybrid is organic. It's, you know, or organic well, designation, be. you know, that, that designation, you said that the, the classification for, you know, if something's been around forever, naturally, you would just think, well, that's organic. Well, you're, yeah, but you're thinking small o organic. We're talking big O organic, which is the governmental designation that says, I have grown this not using any chemicals. So um, for, for seeds, just buy your seeds, plant them, grow them organically, and you know, you're good to go. So what's the difference between, um, you, you said open pollinated mm -hmm. earlier. What, what is that? Open pollinated or heirloom seeds. That's the same thing. That's the same thing. Or land race. They call them land races as well. Those are the kind of seeds that... There's no distinction between those three. It's the there's same. There's some small distinctions, but uh, not anything that we need to really dig into. Um, basically, those are the seeds that have been around for decades. So if an Armenian cucumber, Armenian cucumbers are uh, open pollinated. If I save an, a a seed from my Armenian cucumber and plant it, I'm going to get a pretty close duplicate of that Armenian cucumber. In the second generation, and I save the seeds again in the third generation, they're, they're just a very stable line of seeds. So then that's, I guess, where it all comes back to the organic tie-in. You can have an heirloom seed, but if you're using synthetic chemicals, then you're not raising an organic exactly. produce. From, from, the government, from the distinction of growing organic, that is correct. If you'd like to talk to Farmer Greg, well, come on down. We've got an extra mic and an extra chair. We can sit you here. And you can talk about your urban farm or whatever project you want to start. We're talking seeds, and we, like always with Farmer Greg, we've got so many more <laughs> bullet points, and we have time to spend on air. So we'll get through as much as we can for a, a seed education. Seed education. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Broadcasting live from the Pella Window and Door Showroom in Gilbert, Arizona, 109 South McQueen. You can't miss it. We're on the west side of the road. Look for the Big Pella truck, the Big Pella logos, and you'll see uh, some balloons. You'll see the Rosie Transit outside. Come on into the showroom. If you'd like to ask a question, Jennifer's here. She can field your question uh, and get you on the seat with an extra microphone, and we can talk about your home, castle, or cabin. We're here for the duration of the broadcast, which is all the way through up to 11 o'clock. And 8 o'clock hour, our outdoor living hour, we have a rotating variety of experts that come through. We've got uh, the Farm Bureau Specialist the first Saturday of the month, the Arborist the second Saturday of the month, uh, Nursery Specialist the third Saturday of the month, and all-around gardening knowledge the fourth Saturday of the month, Farmer Greg. 
Welcome back. And we've been talking seeds this whole time. Yeah, seeds. And and uh, Rosie wanted to know how to store seeds. Uh, you know, that's do, actually quite simple. They kind of do. do it themselves. <laughs> the, yeah, they kind of do it themselves. Um, uh, you know, I get this question a lot. People ask me, you know, how, do, how you know how long do seeds live? Well, it depends. How long before you kill them? <laughs> you know, if you if you take your seed collection and keep it in the front seat of your truck for a couple of hours in the summertime, you're probably going to kill them. So, storing seeds is really simple: cool, dark, and dry. Plenty of place inside the house for that. Plenty of places. Yeah, underneath wanna, the kitchen sink. It, Maybe not the kitchen sink, but no, 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 not underneath it. Might pantry. Not be, <laughs> not, might, might not be dry there, but um, uh, I for long-term storage of seeds, I get a gallon jar, a gallon glass gallon jar, and I just load it up with the di- different seed packets of seeds and stick it in the freezer and long-term keep them in there. Believe it or not, freezing seeds is okay. And where mm. are these seeds coming from? Are you cutting open a tomato, letting the seeds dry? At the end of the season, putting them in, the, and then you put them in, or where are these seeds coming from? Well, for the for my collection or for the Great American Seed Up, that's two different questions. Uh, I save seeds regularly. Uh, I was uh, visiting with a friend recently, and he had this amazing tomato plant growing in his backyard. And I said, "You want to save some of those seeds?" He said, "We can do that." <laughs> I said, "Yeah." So we cut a. Basically, tomatoes are easy. You cut them open. Take out the gush in the middle, you know, all the slimy stuff in the middle with seeds in it. You put it in a jar half full of water and let them sit on this, you know, on the counter for two days. And they get moldy and all kinds of stuff. And the cool thing is, is the seeds fall to the bottom and all the goo comes to the top. And then after two or three days, you do what's called water winnowing. So you fill it up with water and you pour it off, leaving the seeds in the jar and so on and you know do that five or six or eight times until all you have left is seeds then you pour the then you pour the um, seeds onto a paper towel let them dry and you have your tomato seeds so i regularly do that with seeds in my yard and then my favorite way to save seeds is i just grab a you know a carrot going to seed and i crumple it up in my hand and i toss it (laughs) real real technical yeah and then talk about the Great American Seed Up, because you just mentioned that. Uh, Great American Seed Up is an event that we started. It has its roots um, roots and seeds from 11, 10 years ago, uh, when we realized that there wasn't a good steady supply, as I mentioned in the first segment, of seeds in, th- in town. So it's a bazaar. It's in 10,000 square feet at North Phoenix Baptist Church, and we put about 100 different varieties of open pollen se- pollinated seeds in buckets, and people can scoop their own, so it's a it's a you know a self scoop thing. And so I got a scoop of uh, Armenian cucumbers. It's dollar twenty five, and I mark it on my sheet and move along. And for fifty bucks, you can buy enough seeds to last you for the rest of your life. And we give you education and, on how to save them uh, and store them and all that kind of stuff. And will it so, last the rest of my life because I have that many seeds to plant, or do I need a little proactive? You know, I've got to let this plant go to seed, so I'm like regenerative yes both that's that's pretty good and so when is that that is october 1st and 2nd so that's uh next coming week. up uh, yep friday this coming friday thank and you Saturday. for finally having something on a friday did you do that for me <laughs> yes, <laughs> you always, you, all your events are always on a saturday <laughs> right during the broadcast yeah. friday evening 
from like four to eight and Saturday from 10 to three or something like that. It's great American seat. Friday. Open to the public. Open to the public. October 1st. Yep. Tickets are $7.50. Okay. You just, uh, you know, come down and scoop away to your heart's content. It's, it's amazing to see three or 400 people in a room scooping seeds. (laughs) And you would think there aren't going to be enough. You would think. It's incredible. Yeah. You pick up that little scoop, you fill your little envelope, and like you say, you've got enough of that plant to last the rest of your life. Right. You, you leave with 10 envelopes. I mean, you got a lot, a lot of to seeds. work with. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. And I had a complete Your brain, brain, oh, your brain no, freeze. No, I know man. what I was going to say. <laughs> you said 100 different varieties. You're not going to be coming and getting varieties that aren't going to do well here. No, everything. These are everything that will grow here locally how yep. high you know this we've got uh, great affiliates and flagstaff that cover the mountain area yep you know are, are there seeds that will yep. do good up in the Absolutely. mountain country as these well are, these are all vegetables uh grains vegetables uh pollinator flowers that are for growing in gardens whether you live in flagstaff alaska tucson phoenix um it, your growing window is just going to be a lot more narrow <laughs> exactly exactly what you need to do is you need to get a planting calendar for your area go to plantingcalendar.org for the low desert calendar that's the one i do uh, but you need to get a planting calendar for flagstaff or alaska or minnesota or seattle and plant them in the window when they're supposed to grow very good we have a homeowner here who's shown up to the live broadcast we're at the pella wind and door showroom and if you're looking for us Plug in Gilbert, all right? Plug in Gilbert. Uh, the, uh, that's, that's critical for your map search to find. It's 190 South McQueen Road, Suite 101. Once you get in the neighborhood, you can't miss it. We've got the rosy banners, broadcast flags, and the big Pella sign on the window. Uh, folks, have, we announced it was open at 9. We've had people here asking questions. Reginald wanted to know about his hot water heater at 7.50. So I appreciate you coming down here from Dobson Ridge and joining us. We have several people here. And Matt has joined us and in particular has a fruit tree. Oh, dilemma. very good. Bring it on, Matt. Yeah, and I apologize for the, the rabbit trail question, but it's actually your fault, Farmer Greg. Yes. Um, uh, there you go. Right. Okay. You, you had mentioned you had uh, about 300 pounds of apples off of a tree. Yeah. Um, I've got two pink lady apple trees. Mm-hmm. They're about 8 to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful trees, tall, healthy um, they flower every spring, and in eight to ten years, I've gotten maybe three or four apples off of them. Yep. Do I cut oh. them down and put in something else? Do you want apples, or do, do you want a nice tree? I want, I want apples. And you cut them down. Oh, This That hurts. That hurts. Right. This is one of the, right. is one of the things. Golden door set or Anna? Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I listen when you talk, Greg. Uh, awesome, man. So there, you can go into most every nursery and every big box store, and they will sell you a fruit tree that will never make fruit. And this is exactly what happens. The problem with We'll pink, never make fruit in the desert. Well, yes, thank you. We'll never make fruit here in the desert. And what happened is, is apple is a low chill. A pink lady apple is a low chill. Great. We need low chill here. It's probably on the right rootstock. What they don't tell you, and nurseries don't know this, is that it ripens in the fall, right? You get mm-hmm. apples in the fall. So the process of that apple having to go through July, August, and September is brutal on the tree. So that's about what you're going to get. You're going to get maybe four or five or ten apples a year, maybe. The Anna and the Dorset Golden, uh, they ripen in June and make an amazing amount of fruit. 
So, and this is why I started my fruit tree program is to, to help bust myths like that. So Pink Lady good for baked apples in the middle of the summer. Apples baking on the tree. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Not good for growing actually actual getting, apples. Yeah, yeah, not okay. actually getting fruit in the low desert. Well, the chainsaw is going to get some use this week. Oh, <laughs> man. Now, and like Farmer Greg's, you know, you've always been about experimenting and trying. If you really wanted to, oh, yeah. I see like maybe having a ring of golden dorsets or annas that'll get big and put a little pink lady in the middle so it's shaded and has its own microclimate and you might get something out of it yeah a little more than that but you would really need to really have its its own microclimate exactly and i'm all for experimenting as long as you know you're experimenting you know going into these places and buying trees like a cherry tree if you see everybody listening out there if you see a cherry tree in a nursery here in the low desert walk away it will die i guarantee you I have tried a hundred different kinds of, you know, a hundred different cherries and half a dozen, dozen different kinds. They just don't grow here. I don't have time for the experimenting. <laughs> and see, there I, you yeah, go. Just so, that's house to look at a situation on some sinkholes and some foundation issues. Uh, he, he's got a very, very productive backyard. Nice. I mean, he's got that thing planted to the hilt. It really looks good. good. Got all the kids involved in, got all in, the kids in involved. harvesting. Huh? Was able to get my, my watermelons to survive through the summer, and now they're producing again. So. Good. Yeah, they'll do yeah. that. So as it relates to fruit trees and seeds, all of our fruit trees right now are grafted. They've got the root stock and then the produce stock. Could you let an apple go to seed, an anna apple, and ever plant a new tree? Is my understanding you couldn't do that. You could. It's a hybrid. So what happens with it is that seed uh, starts breaking down gen uh, genetically. And, you know, after three or four or ten, or ten years, you can grow an apple tree. And we won't know exactly what kind of apple you're going to get until you actually get an apple. And, uh, you know, the Johnny Appleseed, the story of Johnny Appleseed, mm -hmm. he was a real person. And what he would do um, is he would go to the cider mills, collect apples, and then go ahead of civilization and plant them out and have 10 cent apple trees for for the people when they arrive to for their homesteads and what that did is that mixed them up genetically so much we actually have thousands of different varieties of apples growing in this country because of johnny appleseed hmm. interesting yeah <clears throat> and what about citrus could i cut open a uh, same thing with citrus. Orange, same thing. Yeah, so same. you could propagate a tree from it. It's just not going to be uh, identical to what you're currently getting off that tree. Not necessarily going to be identical to what you're getting off of that tree. But, you know, for fruit trees, it takes 10 years. And that being said, one of my neighbors uh, did a seed out of uh, uh, citrus and he grew it out and it's producing and so it that's the experimenting part you know rosie and i we don't have time to experiment <laughs> we just want something to work and so that's why that's why we've started this great american seed up and that's why i started the fruit tree program is do what i tell you to do and it just works very good. We've got one final segment with Farmer Greg coming up talking seeds, and we'll get through a couple more of the final talking points broadcasting live from the showroom of Pella Windows and Doors, the Gilbert location, South McQueen, basically the just south of Elliott on McQueen, southwest side of the road. <laughs> 
On a beautiful Saturday morning, it's Rosie on the house. We're broadcasting live from the Pella Window and Door Design Center. They call it the Experience Center. It's the grand opening. It's located at 190 South McQueen Road, Suite 101 in Gilbert, Arizona. McQueen Road, just south of Elliott. Come down. We're broadcasting live all morning long. They've got the doors open. The invitation, the mat is rolled out. The red carpet is here for you. And you can register to win a Traeger family size grill and take a look at all the products. As a matter of fact, they're catering breakfast and the food is out now. I see everybody walking through the catering line. Glad you were all here. Thanks for showing up. We appreciate it. It's the Pella Experience Center live broadcast. We'll be broadcasting the entire show from right here this morning. Come by and say hello and grab. A Rosie on the house souvenir T-shirt. Souvenir that way, t- when you for, that way when you have a service provider show up for your house to give uh-oh. you a quote for something, you wear <laughs> that shirt, boy, and they'll know. They'll wake and, up. And we have fifty, so it's you know the T-shirt supply okay. is limited, but we have a ton of calendars. If you, and I think you said you H-O- were sign those. If you have an HOA, <laughs> um, how do you sign a T-shirt with a with a sharpie? sharpie? Yeah. Okay. I didn't say so, that. So, so you call they <laughs> call this want, place an experience center. This is an experience center. It is quite. So this is literally thirty minutes ago. I walked in, and, and this is uh, this space is awe inspiring. It is. It is you, quite the experience. It's like these guys are rocking it here. You want to see something? Oh, I'll I'll get Christina. We okay. gotta find Christina. Yeah, Christina. There she is, right there. Christina, come here. Uh oh, <laughs> you put her on the spot. <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about the experience of the showroom. Whatever, what's the magic word to make that thing, this door close? Alexa, open Gilbert door. Okay. So now Alexa is going to make this entire. Alexa, close Gilbert <laughs> door. Okay. So this is wow. seven, how many panels is this? Five panels of glass that will open up. I don't know the exact coverage. We'll dive into that with. Uh, Adam, in a moment. All right. But, I mean, voice-activated control of basically a wall, a, a wall patio door. Alexa, close Gilbert door. Okay. She's, Alexa's Everybody's not. Everybody's waiting. Alexa, <laughs> Alexa's not cooperating today. So let's talk seeds real let's quick. Let's talk seeds. <laughs> we'll get back to Alexa later. So we wanted to talk five simple things to say. We already talked about tomatoes. Um, peppers, peppers, cut open a pepper, save the peppers. Oh, is it closing? There it's going. There it is. Wow. She's just on time delay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Peppers, you cut the pepper open, save the seeds, let them dry, and you have seeds for... You don't need to do the the water... The water winnowing thing? Nope. Uh, That's that's the wet method. Yes, Rosie. Storing seeds has always intimidated me Mm -hmm. until... I was in Tucson mm-hmm. at the Arizona Historic Preservation Society mm-hmm. talking to someone who had been involved in an archaeological dig ah. who had discovered a gourd that Native Americans had used for seed storage. Yep. They planted those seeds, estimating they were five to 600 years old. Isn't that amazing? And they grew. I thought, well, you know what? I'm a, I might be a good enough gardener to save seeds. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And this is the thing that we teach in our seed school online is that seed saving is simple. I know that's alliteration. It's simple. Just save the seeds. 
And, you know, beans, you know, let beans and peas go to, you know, go to seed. That's the bean that you eat. Just let it stay on the plant a little longer until it gets dry. Pull it off the plant, break it open. Those are the seeds. Just let it dry and yeah. then store it in a dark, dry, cool place. it doesn't place. need to be cold, but cool. Cool, cool like, dark, and dry. Like if the inside of your house is 78, is exactly. that cool? Exactly. But the bulk of my seed collection is in a five-gallon bucket. And you, you always want to mark you know, where the seeds come from, came from and date the seed packet. Uh, I usually save in Ziploc bags. Uh, but I just have a sealed five-gallon bucket that I keep all my seeds in and inside the house because, you know, oh, they're, each, they're each enveloped. Each envelope. And then there's in the five-gallon bucket. Okay. Exactly. Five-gallon bucket, enough seeds to eat vegetables the rest of your life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the Great American Seed Up, that's next Friday, Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning? Yep, Friday uh, evening, Saturday morning. You can find out about it at greatamericanseedup.org. The whole point of the Great American Seed Up is to super energize the seed community here in Phoenix so that if something were to happen, we would actually have enough seeds to grow food out here in Phoenix. That's that's the reason we started it. A hundred different varieties. Yep. Ticket seven fifty. Open to the public. Yes. North Phoenix Baptist. Yep. Uh, Great American org. Yep. Saturday. And this is our good, and you said for fifty bucks you'd have enough seeds for a lifetime. I will bet you for twenty bucks most people would have enough seeds for a lifetime. I mean Yeah. You you you, you use those little scoops and put it in the envelope. Right. And you get to the end of the line, they say that's a Oh, $3.35. Right. Right. And our seed packets. So the cost of a seed is in the packaging and shipping. So our seed scoops are jumbo seed scoops. So our our scoop of basil is like 10 packets of basil seeds. And again, we're doing that on purpose because Phoenix has a problem. We don't have enough seeds here if, you know, if we uh, all needed to start growing food. So we're super energizing the seeds. And again, there's seeds from successful plants on the desert from maricopa county yep absolutely and not only maricopa county but you mentioned they'll grow just about anywhere in the state depending on your planting season and and right uh, weather window what um when i've got all these packets when you go uh and you're going to plant you pull out your seeds from your five gallon bucket and let's say you pick out peas Mm -hmm. do you take the whole bag outside or you just take a couple and keep the bag inside, well, that would and then be, take your little hand out. And, and that, that'd be up to you. I usually take the whole bag and handle them very carefully and then put them back inside. Although if you have them outside, they could get wet, they could get spilled, you know, so on and so on. And I just want to take a moment and thank you guys for giving a voice to food here in the Valley through the, you know, the fourth Saturday outdoor hour. I really appreciate that from the bottom of the Urban Farms heart. Farmer Greg, thanks for spending Saturday morning and coming out live down here in Gilbert with us. Yeah, this is Hello Window and Door Showroom.